in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, that thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, uh, How shall this be, seeing now, not seeing I know not the man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And I'm going to start off after this. I'm going to go to the Old Testament. And it's going to, I'm going to talk about how there's many signs in the Old Testament that predicts Jesus' coming. And uh, we see all, we're going to see also how Jesus has forever been here, even before he was conceived in Mary's womb. Uh, Jesus has always been part of the Godhead, and he's been... Uh, he was the one who created the heavens and the earth. So I'm going to start off with uh, Genesis 3.15. And here we'll see the first ever foreshadowing of Jesus' coming. It says here, uh, this is God addressing Eve. It says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy, or he's actually talking to Satan, sorry, and, uh, and thy seed and her seed, it shall be bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So here is uh, where God is talking to the serpent after the after Adam and Eve has eaten of the forbidden fruit. And he's showing that even though sin has entered the world now, that he's planning from this point already a way for redemption. So we see even in some of the earliest texts that Jesus has been foreshadowed to come and be our savior. And this is the first prophecy we have of this, uh, of, of Jesus coming. And it shows the woman's offspring, uh, the fact that it's saying that it's her seed. Um, normally, the men are the seed. And, uh, and this is showing that it's a woman uh, who's got seed. So it's showing that that is proof that uh, it's going to be a virgin for her. So something that will happen thousands of years later is already predicted at this point. And, uh, and it shows that. Christ is whenever he comes, he's going to triumph over the devil as well. And even though he's already triumphed over the sin, we'll see the final triumph at the end as well. Right. And so next up, we're going to go to deity, which is talked about in the Old Testament as well. So we're going to go to Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. It says, For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government 
and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord will perform this. And then next I'm going to uh, talk about his eternity. And I'm going to go to Micah 5.2. But thou Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little amongst the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from of from everlasting. Amen. And then I'm going to go to Daniel 2.44. Sorry, we're flipping through so much. I'm kind of doing that. Sorry. <laughs> Just want to use as much Bible as possible. Amen. And uh, in two, uh, chapter 2 of Daniel, in verse 44, it says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up his kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall be, and it shall stand forever. So we see here that that he's being predicted in the Old Testament as coming as a king. He's going to be ruling the nations, and even though he hasn't ruled the nations yet, he's still God has always been charged. And uh, even even today, even though he's not he's still he still sets everyone in place. In the place that it goes, Jesus talks to a pilot that Pilate wouldn't be in the position he is if it wasn't ordained by God. And uh, we see this here that, you know, whenever he comes for the final time, he's going to be overall. So in, uh, next, it will be Proverbs 8, 23 and 30. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, wherever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was, I, I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the fountains of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before This is another side that... Uh, Jesus has always been since the beginning that uh, the Godhead has been since before uh, anything was ever created other than him. And if we see this here as well, the earth was not here until they created it. And so we see that he has been here forever and he decided to give up everything that he had to come down to save us. Right. You know, he, he didn't, didn't have to. This was something that, you know, we could have been doing forever for our sin. But this was something that God, in his infinite patience and in his love for us, gave us the first time all the way back in Genesis, that this was something he had already planned 
was for us to be saved, even though we had deserved Jesus coming and sacrificing it. And he came and helped us, saved us. He gave us the option to forever be saved. And uh, he was rich and he became poor in Second Corinthians 8 and 9. And he gave up being, you know, in heaven and hearing beautiful angels sing every day and worship him and the people who have, who have already gone there worshiping him and praising him. And he gave that up to come and be beaten and be persecuted by people who said that they confessed that they loved God and they beat him and hung him on the cross with a crown of thorns on his head. He gave up everything that he had at the time for us. And in Second Corinthians, uh, in Second Corinthians chapter eight and nine, we see it says, "For ye know the grace of your Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich." So now the man who came here to become a carpenter going to go up and create a kingdom for us, Amen. and he's going to bring it down. Good teach and. Uh, so even though he left a lot, he's got a lot more, uh, even more than we could ever dream, more than we could ever envision. And uh, next I'm going to go to 1 John. Chapter, uh, John, chapter 1, verse <laughs> In the beginning was the Word, and the Word God the word was with God, and the word was God. And uh, that, that's another way of showing that, that he's always been. And it's talking about even in the New Testament, it's, it's bringing up uh, that, the, that the word Jesus now, uh, because it was, it, it was shown to us throughout the New Testament, that he was the word, the one that spoke the words to create everything. And it says that the beginning was the word God, and the word was God. So see that the Godhead has always been just more evidence you know, from the Old Testament and now to the New Testament. And in John uh, chapter 8, 58, verse 58, it says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. So now we see in Jesus' own he's his ministry, that he's saying that he's been here forever. So before, and that these people were worshiping Abraham, and they were Abraham before that before Abraham was. And uh, <clears throat> I want to touch on one more thing um, for the Old Testament. Let's go to Exodus chapter thirty-three, so we can kind of see Jesus a little bit more. Um, this right here is specifically, uh, okay, in chapter 33, verses 18 is the first one. And uh, this is this right here is uh, Moses talking to God the Father. And we see the, we see why we know that Jesus had to have made an appearance. That's when I'll get to that part next. But this part we see God the Father showing them. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. This is Moses uh, asking God the Father. And then uh, verse 20, and he said, 
thou cast not, canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And then in uh, verse 23 as well, it says, And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Now, the reason why that is, is because of God's glory. Anyone who looked at God the Father on earth would perish. They couldn't live. They would be able to. But yet we see God come to earth in the Old Testament. So go down to Genesis 32. And so the knowledge that we have now to see that God the Father can't be looked upon. If God makes an appearance where people can look at his face, then we now know that it's not God the Father, it's God the Son. Good teaching. So in Genesis 32, uh, verse 24 through 30, we see, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and was out of joint. Sorry, sorry, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. As he wrestled with him, and he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore it is written that thou dost ask after my name. And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God's fa- God face to face, and my life is preserved. So here we see that we have a man who wrestled God, seen him face to face, and yet was spared his life. This is a first appearance of Jesus, in my opinion. This is, this is the way that I interpret it, because if any human was to be able to see God's face, they would perish. They would be unable to, to live anymore because of it. So next we're going to go back to Luke. And I'm going to uh, chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to read that one more time. It says, this, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin who espoused who, who to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among men. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And and, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of Father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come unto thee, 
and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So we see the, the salutation that Gabriel gives uh, at the beginning where, where it says what manner of salutation. Uh, okay, and, and 29 says, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. So she's getting greeted there, and, and he has to tell, the angel has to tell her authority that uh, fear not. So we see a little bit of a fear there that she has. Uh, first time, it's her first time seeing a, uh, seeing the a, angel Gabriel. He's giving her the knowledge she's going to have Jesus. And uh, shows in, in uh, 32 and 33, shows that his position shall be great. And so the, the angel's coming to tell her that, you know, she's going to get to have, have the birth of Messiah. She's going to be blessed with the, with the opportunity that any woman ever has the chance to bring forth a person who's going to save the entire world. Or anyone, who, anyone who cries out, anyone who asks for him, do that they'll be saved. And in 32 and 33, we see it says, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of Father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Um, and I'm going to go to why he's great next. And the first thing is he, he's our Savior. And, and in Luke uh, 1, 46 and 47, it says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So we see we see that she's she's about to have the baby of, of God and she's about to have the Savior here and she knows what's coming and even and God's saving her by giving her the opportunity to have the Messiah and this Messiah is going to come to her save anyone and uh, then we have the, uh, the ransom that he that he came for that's first Timothy two and six. Chapter 2, verse says, gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So we hear that he that he came to be our ransom to save us. And uh, and three, uh, sorry, the next thing is mercy, and it's first Peter um, two, chapter two, uh, verse nine through twelve, or sorry, nine through ten. It says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a particular people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness to his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse we get to see the salvation that he brings us. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that and then his goodness, Psalms 31. It 
says, Oh, how great is thy goodness thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the son of sons of men. So we get to see. And so it is see next is his glory. glory is great and thy salvation, honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. And now we're going to talk about his person and uh, it's the son of God is Christ is eternal and, uh, and that he's of the eternal father. So I'm going to talk to talk next about Mary, and I want to make sure that I that I say this that you know before I get into anything she, she's highly favored that she is a a great woman, but we have to understand that she is still a woman, that there is only one Savior that the one Godhead, and that those people are to be reverent. They're God, you know, He's above any human. Honor. I have to understand that no person should ever be magnified to God. So I'm going to talk a little bit about her before I continue. The next thing uh, Luke chapter 1, uh, 28. And it says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among so we see here that she's highly favored and that she's blessed amongst all the women. And we see that she's very highly we see she's highly favored and that God has chosen her because of this. And she was a she was a virgin, not been with her husband yet, who she's married to. And we see all these signs that was there to make her the perfect choice to bear Jesus. So she she was Jesus and people have to understand that there is a great honor in her being chosen. And we do have to understand that. Um, and then next, uh, we have to know that she also needed a savior. And in Luke 1 uh, 47, it says, And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my savior. But we have to know that even though she may have been a great woman and, you know, maybe even the greatest woman at this time, that we have to understand that she still needed a savior because everyone still sin. We all have to have the saving grace of Jesus in order to make it to heaven. And and she's getting the opportunity to birth Jesus, who in turn will save her. And uh, next, is, uh, she needed a sin off. That's in chapter two, uh, twenty-two through twenty-four. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written, every male that shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is laid in the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So we see here that she's still, uh, she's still doing sacrifices at the Testament in order uh, as a tribute to God um, for her purification after having the birth. 
And so that this is another way to show that she's still savior just as much as everyone else. She's still under this Old Testament law at the moment. And uh, we also see that she needed to be taken care of in John 19, 26. It says, well, I'm going to actually tie this in. It shows that she needed to be taken care of and she needed a home. So, so she needed uh, to be taken care of the same way that we're supposed to take care of uh, of the elder women. They need help the widows. Jesus is setting this up to protect his after. So this is her on the end of those widows and elders. Oh, uh, even though it might have been great, she's still on the same level as other women in the Bible. And uh, in 26 and 27, together, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. And, uh, she needed, she needed and received the Holy Spirit, and that's going to be in Acts, uh, chapter five. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith He, Ye have heard me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Now, we know that she was there because in verse 14 it says, these all continue to pray with one accord, prayer, supplication, with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. They're praying, waiting to receive the Holy Ghost that's going to be coming after. So she knows the salvation because she's heard it from her son. She's heard Gabriel already come to her. Say that she's going to have the Savior, and she knows that now the sacrifice is complete, and the next step is the comfort of the Holy Spirit. She's going and praying just like everyone else would pray, and to receive the Holy Spirit. And, uh, she left. She left behind one striking injunction, and that's in John two, uh, three through five. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, What have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, He saith unto you, Do it. So we hear the respect that she had for Jesus, the that she had, that, that she she told the servants, the servants, to whatever, to do whatever Jesus says, to follow him. And, uh, that's something she always do her service. And we need to make sure that we follow. And uh, there's no thought in the New Testament of helping Mary to the place of worship. And this is something that men invented. This is something that is blasphemous, if I may say so, that you know we can't we have to be very careful to anyone, like even Paul. Someone great man, and sure. he's someone who died worshiping God, and he wrote more 
than anyone else accounted. Uh, we we can't put him on the same level as God. We have to be careful with anyone in the Bible. So I'm going to go to 23 and 24. Is for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we have to understand that if you're you're born on earth, you're not Jesus, you then you've sinned at some point and you've come short of the glory of God. And that Jesus did come to give us give us grace. But that's something we have to accept. And even Mary that we've seen in Acts had sinned and come short of the glory of God by default. The fact that she's not God, she had to have sinned. Whether or not we've seen it or not, it was something that was especially put into the Bible. That's something you have to know just by default that have sinned. Good and in Mark 3, 31 through 35, and this will be my last point on the subject, Mary, It says, there came then his brethren and his mother, and standing without, sent unto him, calling him. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold thy mother and thy brethren, without seek for thee. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother and my brethren? And he looked around about on them which sat around him, and said, Behold my mother and my brethren, for whosoever do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. So we see here that those who are doing the will of God, those who get saved, are on the same level as Mary, the same love as his brother and his sister. We get to see that here in this verse, that there's not another person that's exalted above the fellowship, the Christians, and uh, those who follow Jesus. The followers are there. And he says this directly to his And uh, now we're going to get to the purpose of Jesus' coming. And in 1 John, we'll actually be in 1 John this time. Um, and uh, verse, or sorry, chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Hereby perceive we that the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Here that this God's love that he, that he came here for us, He laid down His life for us, and that we have to make sure that we're laid down our lives for the brethren if that opportunity ever, unfortunately, have to come. You know, we see many times throughout the throughout church history of people having to lay down their lives for brethren, and we see you know martyrs like have to make sure that if that ever if that ever has to come that we have that kind of love of God able to do so scary <laughs> we have to understand that even though it might be scary on earth what really matters in the end and in uh place here in first john but i'm going to back to chapter 121 if you don't lose your spot here right back 
and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So he came here, and this is, this is talking about talking about coming. He's going to save us all from our sins. And that's one of the one of why he was sent here, but it's the main reason. And to the, and then the next part is to destroy the works of the devil. And we're back to First John chapter three and verse eight. And it says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And now to Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 7. She brought forth her son, wrapped him in swaddle, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is a, or is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. So we get to see how he came here, that that he came in swaddling clothes in an inn. Uh, he's all laying, and they laid him in a manger. You know, we get to see that he came here back to the point at the beginning where he came from riches to being poor you get to see that there was had to go out and and he had to be wrapped in danger uh, even though they didn't have room for him at the time and uh they had to put him out outside and into and with the animals to be born, we see in Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. So even though he's been through all that he had in heaven, you know, he came down to animals, the manger, and one settings that they're cooked in and he still came to die for us and still he comes up on our door and that if we open up that he'll still come but what they will forever and uh and that's the real reason christ came and the, the purpose of his birth if we got to see the old testament foreshadowing of him That'll be the end of the message today, but you know, we got we get to see things that happened in the Old Testament. How it, how something that was written by multiple thousands of years led to one moment, and then it'll leave. Christ is going to come back, and he's going to he's going to take us with him to he's going to rid this world to purify it, and that's the final thing that God gets to do that Jesus does. 
and we see that uh, came to earth, gave up everything for us. Thank God that He did, because yeah. because if not, then I wouldn't be able to get out, go to heaven. Because I'm just a sinner, just like everyone else.